Travis, tell me about the last bagel you ate. Uh, it was three days ago. It was a delicious chocolate chip bagel. You can't go wrong with chocolate chip bagels. My last bagel was uh, six days ago. I put peanut butter on it. Uh, what the f- Hi, I'm Jake. I'm Travis. And I'm Brandon. And we're back for uh, the post game for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Probably the final episode. Of our dis- playthrough. Yeah, but at least discussing the playthrough. Yeah, it only took us long enough to get it to you. Um, our lazy excuse is work's been awful. Right, Travis? I'm bad at saving my games, so I lose all my data all He's the time. He's lying. We've been murdered at work. So the post-game uh, revolves around Team Rainbow Rocket, which is cool. It's just called like the RR episode. Yeah, I thought it was really weird because even the Team Rocket grunts refer to them like, we're members of RR, and it's like, or Team RR, and it's like. I wonder if that's a translation issue. Like, maybe the kanji for Rainbow Rocket fits into characters in the Japanese version. But Why would that matter, though? Because it's an extra text box. The right. game is enormous already. I don't know. I'm just upset that I didn't get to fight any of the Red Ribbon Army. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference for you. No, it's a Dragon Ball reference. Dr. Jiro. Sure, yeah. Is but you Dragon don't fight Z. any of the army. In you just Dragon fight Dr. They just fight Dr. Jiro. There's just like two people who've got the little two triangles on them. A little bow tie. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, no, uh, you've got Dr. Jiro. You've got uh, Android Weird Baby Clown. Um, I don't remember which Android that is, but he scares me terrifies me you got 18 17 and 16 you're counting the jero squad yeah that's jero and the people jero made (laughs) some of them are actually just robots some of them are actually people jero and his like kidnapped progency yeah i really don't know what the background with like 17 and 18 are but Lapis and Lazuli. That's the weird thing to know that they actually have names, but then they just still refer to themselves as 18 and 17. That's weird. Dragon Ball Z is weird. And that's why we do a Pokemon podcast. Because Pokemon's not weird. No, no, everything here makes sense. So anyways, when the Italian guy came from the alternate dimension with his rainbow army of uh, people oh, with the oh. genocidal madman and the the ecological terrorists i thought Don't it was really fashionista fascist he's not really fascist Ly- lysander yeah and I, I mean like he's the genocider actually i was referring to him as the genocidal madman oh. travis what are you counting travis, how many villains there are, are I'm, I'm seeing what colors they all represent if they're team rainbow rocket why are there two people whose team colors are red Lysander can be argued to be orange. I suppose. But then uh, we got black for Team Rocket. You've got Magma's red, Aqua's blue. Plasma's uh, green. Plasma's not green? No? No! They're black, white, and blue. Huh. And they're even their like, redone Just because their hair is green doesn't matter. Just because <laughs> Getsus's hair is green. Getsus is a weird man. I'd like to murder some children. No, Getsus, stop trying to do that. Man, what if he... I took a child, my own, put him in the forest, and made Pokemon raise him for part of his life? Don't do that, Getsus. That's child abuse. Man, How are he you... and Fava would get along great. Hey, Fava's a weird... Oh, my God, I hate Fava so much. They both have green hair. Doesn't Fava only have green eye goggles? Oh, you're right. He has white hair, right? He's an old man. No, he's not. No, he's just got platinum blonde hair, and then he's got his bean vision. And then he's... Yeah. <laughs> Faba's got bean vision. I'm actually looking up Faba's character design right now because I don't remember. I just got, <laughs> I just got pictures of Faba beans. All right, well, Google Images is not a good thing to be on just to look up Faba because... The first result is Faba. Yeah. No, I mean, there's us other things that we're seeing that I don't want to see. Like Faba beans. Yeah, we'll just keep it there. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, I remember him having green hair, but he does not. He just has... It's not even platinum blonde. It's just like... Balding. Yeah. Faba's an old man. Faba's not an old man. He just hates the youngins. He's like a self-entitled... I hate him. Anyways, Faba's weird and I hate him. I feel like that's fine. So anyways, the story. Uh, Team Rocket uh, takes over the Festival Plaza. 
Yeah, you kind of just wake up in the morning. Uh, first, you do do the bit with the Ultra Beast, where you get your... You said doo-doo. I was going to say it, <laughs> but I wasn't going to... Because I felt like we were beyond that. Where Look. we all got our UB constructs. And Stack attack it. Why do you bother calling them UB anything? Because you spent half the time calling them UB01 or UB04. You refer to Nihiglio as UB01 like 90% of the UB01. time. UB01... Nihiligo. Shouldn't it be UB01? Uh, I don't actually even remember its UB name. What? Uh, Nihiligos. Um. Also, can we just comment on the fact that Travis just said Nihiligo correctly? <laughs> no, he didn't. No, I did Did you not? He said Nihiligo. <laughs> I said Nihiligo. That's it. I hate you so much. <laughs> I honestly didn't catch it, and I was like, did he say it right? Because I didn't have like the visceral reaction to punch you when you said Nihiligo. So, that's good. I said it correctly before. You have. Um, UB01 Space Lily. Anyways. Um, yeah, you wind up showing up at your Battle Plaza thing. What's it called? Festival Plaza? Yep. And uh, Team Rocket's done a whole little redo on it. It's all red and spooky. Remember how X and Y had a good bottom screen that was like really compact and let you just access battles and trades from anywhere in the game? Remember how good that was and how not Festival Plaza it was? Remember Yay. how good not the Festival Plaza was? Yep. Um, so you wind up getting there. Sophocles does some nerd stuff. Uh, he talks about having root like admin access. He sneaks you back in even though it's been hacked by Team Rainbow Rocket. And they wind up having some they're sort of... They're from the of... 90s, so they're like, their hacking skills are fairly rudimentary. They just got like floppy disks. Maybe. I'm sure that they have very floppy disks. I don't know what that means. But no, you, you know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means. You know exactly what that means. Um, so, like, you wind up like using Sophocles' basically admin account to kind of sneak back in, but some reason, and this honestly felt really shoehorned. All Pokeballs are disabled by their owners, so in order to battle the Team Rocket people, you have to use the battle agency setup that's within your little did you guys get a landorus on your team no i got no. a landorus on my team or at least i thought i did maybe i'm wrong i don't remember what i took <clears throat> but I it was it was weak i think it was a ludicolo i took a hydrogen yeah travis took a hydragon anyways it's like high dry for like three and it's a dragon so like high dragon it hydrates the whole region yeah it hydrates the region, dog. And also, uh, I don't know if... Okay, so this is just a good side bit here. Um, you know Getsus is missing an eye? Like, I've seen it. I wasn't aware that he was missing an eye. I thought he was legitimately wearing a goofy eye patch to be intimidating. <clears throat> nope, Getsus is missing an eyeball. Um, fun fact, um, and you can actually see some of the scar and some of the, the character designs for him, too. Uh, did you know that uh, Hydreigon, when it's evolving, uh, tend to be very confused because it has multiple brains that are like fusing into one and will often lash out at their trainers? Getsus's main Pokemon is a Hydreigon, so chances are that Getsus lost his eye to his Hydreigon. You said it like three different ways in the past thirty seconds. <laughs> Hydreigon. You know Hydreigon, Hydreigon. Yeah, it's all, it's okay. So here's the thing, right? Um. I was being pedantic earlier, and it's an awful Pokemon name to say. I mean, it's a Hydra. Shouldn't it just be Hydra-gone? It's basically what it is. But you have to add a little oof into it. A little oof Hydra-gone. Like you over-enunciate the I on it, so you're saying Hydregion, because it's a hydrates the whole region. Uh, so, yeah. You drive them off. And then we're returned to our house. We go home, you have a good time, you know? You go back to bed, you wake up the next morning. Your mom says that she'll finally unpack those packages this time for reals. She's a liar. Um, I haven't actually gone back to the house after the Rainbow Rocket stuff. She might have unpacked them. Maybe. I doubt it, though. This is Pokemon we're talking about. No, um... And then, uh... There's, like, a live broadcast on the TV about the Aether Foundation. They're about to talk about some scientific breakthrough. There's Faba and Wick and Lusamine, and everything seems to be chill. And they're like, we did stuff. Let us tell you about stuff. And then out of nowhere, some some Italian guy with a bunch of his goons come in. Well, no. 
first an ultra wormhole appears over the Aether Foundation. That's true. And everyone's all like, oh man, it's a thing. Uh, Team Rocket guys run in and knock over the cameraman, and then you just kind of see Giovanni's feet walk into view, and then he takes over. I'm like, dang, those are some nice pants. He's got some yeah, decent shoes. That man nice has some sets. really nice shoes. Uh, his his suit is very bespoke. Bespoke. Um, and then uh, you go over and talk to Lily because you know her mom was there. Her mom was there, and she's like, "Let's save my mom because she isn't like terrified of her mom in this game." Well, yeah, because her mom didn't turn into a giant jellyfish monster in this game, and you know less evil not not evil i would argue but yeah she still has that room of frozen pokemon yeah who doesn't just have like a room of frozen animals and they're looking at me weird (laughs) this is wisconsin so if you say stuff like that they're gonna end up assuming you're a serial killer no but uh uh once you get inside you go through a bunch of puzzles, and you find Archie and Maxie, and you fight them individually. Well, no, let, that's that's getting too far ahead. Is it getting too far ahead? Uh, yeah. yeah, first we get into the Rainbow Rocket headquarters, and G- or, uh, we get into the Rainbow Rocket headquarters, and Guzma shows up. No, he doesn't show up until after. Really? No, he, no, yeah, he does. No, you're right. He shows up in double battles with you, right? Yeah, you do a double battle with Guzma, and unlike all of the double battles I did with Hal... I didn't try and knock out Guzma's Golisopod. Yeah, because that'd be bad. I went in. I first changed my clothes to the Team Skull outfit, though, because I felt like that was in a good taste. Uh, and me and Guzma got double Golisopoded out uh, our opponents. Good time. I just sent out a Mimikyu and. I mean, house. that's kind of your your go to, seeing as your team's just ghost types. So how did facing uh, Team Rocket with all their poisons and dark types go? So I gave up on the mono ghost type run around the time that I reached Archie. Everything has swaggered as a dark type. So everything can kill all of my Pokemon because they aren't using Pokemon from Alola, which means they have a speed stat greater than 40. (laughs) It's funny because the Alola region's slow. I canceled my ghost playthrough, and seeing as how I didn't have any other Pokemon at the appropriate level, I used my competitive team that I used in Pokemon Moon version last year. Translation, Travis, yet again, fails to live up to his expectations. So, most of my battles were still won with a Mimikyu. I just happened to have five other level 100 Pokemon with me. I just happened to have five level 100 Mimikyus. Did you actually? No, but I could have. Why do you have that many Mimikyus? Because I really like Mimikyu. Why that many competitively bred Mimikyus? I wanted to try out different natures on it and see how it would work in Trick Room as well. It's got base 80 speed. That's slow enough. No, it's not. Not in Alola. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't fighting against stuff from Alola here. Um... In Sun and Moon. So, yeah, before we get into, like, the individual puzzles and the bosses and stuff, uh, we're gonna do some, like, I guess, back-and-forth theorizing of why Guzma was there. Because he shows up and he says, like, you're messing with something that I don't want people to mess with. Like, that he wants to protect or something, right? Something along those lines, yeah. My personal theory is that, uh... Is that after he disbanded Team Skull... And none of them wanted to leave Team Skull. They needed some purpose in life. So he's formed them into a defense contractor agency that has been hired by the Aether Foundation as security for the Pokemon. I'd like to interject by pointing out that's that's just a a very stupid thing. Because literally only Guzma shows up. He's he's got no squad with him. He doesn't need a squad. He's just like trying to lone sniper this. He chokes out two guys. (laughs) Like, my personal theory is that it's just implying that there's, like, a, at least a very good friendship, if not, like, something implied more between Guzma and Lusamine. Just weird considering the age difference. Fairly significant. Well, Lusamine's 40-something, Guzma's, yeah. like, in his 20. early 20s. Yeah, which is why I'm more inclined to believe it's just that, basically, Guzma still respects Lusamine. It's like a mentorship still? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, which way did you guys go first? Did you end up fighting Archie or Maxi first? Uh, I fought Archie first. Oh no, Maxi. Maxi. 
I went for the big A himself. <laughs> yeah, I went over to fight Archie. I didn't know which direction was which. I just was like, yeah, let's go this way. I just way. went left. Yeah, I just went left. Went left right. is for cool people. Sorry. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that after you beat the both of them, like, their fights are really nothing to write home about. Their final Pokemon are Groudon and Kyogre, respectively. And, but I think the interesting thing is after you're done, they both, like, funnel out into the main area. And they're just, like, surprised that the other is there because they proclaim that in the maxi or archie respectively from their world was destroyed when they like met their plan like came to fruition so was it saying that like archie got done got when maxi won or is this like archie got done got because he told kyogre to destroy everything and didn't remember the fact that he was part of everything yeah like, do we know if it's like the team that won actually lost because that'd be an interesting twist like, did Team Mac does Maxi have Groudon because he got Groudon to stop Kyogre from destroying the world? We don't actually know that, but that is an interesting idea. Yeah, like the team that went for it first wound up like succumbing to their own natural disaster. Because, like, remembering from in game in all of the versions of Ruby and Sapphire, they don't actually try to catch Kyogre or Groudon. They're just like, "Hey, I've got the magic ball. Let's destroy the world now." Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting thing too, right? Like, um. Because uh, they're coming from... It appears to be that they're all coming from worlds without a protagonist character. Our character never existed in their worlds. Or just a player character in general. Yeah. Which explains why Giovanni's there. Because he didn't get beat by a ten-year-old. We'll get more into that later, though. Will we? Yes. Alright. Yeah, we got some. we got some theories on Giovanni. I got a theory. He's called Science and Miracles. I got a theory. So after you fight Archie and Maxie, uh, Archie's was the teleporter maze, I remember. I don't remember Maxie's. Maxie was playing Simon. Right. But, like, they would interrupt you halfway through. I hated it and I wanted to die every moment. The first time you get interrupted, this guy is just like, hey, check out my dance moves. And he does, like, one third of the Macarena. And you're like, okay. And then you finish up what you're doing. And the other one, when you had to do eight steps, yeah, you got interrupted um, on three and six for a battle, which was really hard for me to remember, so I just wound up like writing out the sequence. See, Brian was smarter. I just save-scummed it. I just save, walk over to a button, it didn't work, reset, walk over to a different button, it would reset, walk over to a different... Mine was a really easy pattern, so I just did it all in one go. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Um, I'm a failure at Simon. I don't do what he says. So, uh, the next pair of uh, bosses. Once this one happens, um, two more doors open up, and I think two grunts run down. Yeah. And then uh, you got your main man. My boy, Guzma. And, uh... You don't take none too kindly to these little grunts. They want to have a Pokemon battle, but he is having none of it. Well, first they run up, and then he uses his magical extendo arms, where he just braises them up to the side and catches their face parts. <laughs> and one of them's, like, struggling against it, like, I'll get you, and the other guy's like, I can't breathe, please. And meanwhile, please they're both, cough. like, windmilling their arms towards him. Mm-hmm. God, that's... Some of the best writing in Pokemon. Yeah, and every time you come back after beating one more person, they they get a little more desperate. Uh, one of them was like, I just want to have a Pokemon battle. And like the next time, he's like, I can't even reach my Pokeballs. I can't see And anywhere. the other guy's like, I'm blacking out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my mother I love her. I and wonder if this dead. is Game Freak's way of telling us that people from Kanto are short or people from Alola are tall. I think it's just Guzma. It could just be Guzma, but there is also, like, the idea, I've seen a lot of people talk about, um, that Kanto, Johto, Sinnoh, and Hoenn are all based off of, like, parts of Japan, and so, like, their characters are more Japan-based, like, so the idea of them being shorter as a result, and, like... I don't know, it seems like a bit of a stretch that 
Kanto would be based off of the Kanto region of Japan. Or Johto would be based off of the Johto region of Japan. I don't know if I believe that. That seems a little bit too far of a stretch. That's, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. Slow down there, Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's Guzma. Guzma. Uh, one more time for... You are... I hate you. <laughs> um, I'll splice that in so you don't sound pathetic. <laughs> They hear me talk, Brandon. They know I'm pathetic. Uh, no, you're not pathetic. You just sound like it. Way to keep on the up and up. <laughs> to all three people. It's not you. It's just everyone's perception of you. So Guzman's choking these two guys out. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I was trying to get what, right. what did you find funny about that? <laughs> We're just talking about how Guzma... Is just gripping these two guys and choking them out. Oh boy. Oh boy. <clears throat> the next two bosses that you fight um, are Cyrus and Lysander. Um, so Cyrus's. Uh, what was his puzzle? Did he even have one? I feel like his was really straightforward. Uh, one of them had the. I think Cyrus had the Giovanni's Wild Ride. Puzzle? Yes, he did. Yeah, he had the uh, the spin tiles. The spin tiles, uh. yeah, which was fine. Uh, it was nostalgic. You get into Cyrus's room, and he's alone in an empty room. Like the rest of them have like furnishings and like paintings and a desk, and Cyrus is just standing in an empty room, just staring off into a corner. It's like, no, yeah, he's got a desk and a laptop. Oh, does he? Yeah. I don't know. Really. I don't know about the laptop. I don't. Really they all have like a desk and a little computer screen on them. Oh. His rooms just in general, just like not... very nothing. Yeah, like there's no paintings or banners or anything, which the others all have. And in our game, at least, he had a Palkia. I don't know if there's if like you had Palkia in yours. I'm assuming they all had Palkia. In yep, the but we're all also playing Ultra Moon. Yeah, so I'm assuming that that's why. The interesting thing about that, to me, is um, or like just in general with his battle, when you're done with it, he comments that he succeeded. In getting Palkia and Dialga with the red chain and whatever and, like, restarting the world. But after that happened, then Giratina came in, grabbed him, and dragged him into the alternate world. And at that point, he blacked out and woke up here. Which is really interesting because, to me, that kind of goes along with that idea that we were having um, about the like ultra space and the reverse world being Similar. somehow related. Yeah. And I think it would be really cool um, if in the eventual Sinnoh remake, which I do think will happen eventually. Um, Especially given these last bit of uh, TCG. Yeah, in the Pokemon game, it's been all Sinnoh all the time. When does that release in America? I have no clue. Yeah, Ultra Prism is the next uh, TCG set coming out um, in America. And that comes out February 2nd, actually, so it's not that far off. And it's all based on Sinnoh. Leafeon GX, Glaceon GX. Um, you've got, like, new Prism cards with Giratina and uh, Darkrise. Uh, Dialga. Dialga and Palkia GXs are coming out. Um there's a Cyrus card, a Cynthia card. I was going to say a Drampa card looking through here, and I was like, Drampa's definitely not Gen 4. But you get the point. Like, there's a really big push on um, Gen 5 right now, so that's or Gen 4 right now, so that's kind of cool. Um, but, I don't know. I also thought, because we know, like, the uh, Ultra Beast postgame for uh, regular Sun and Moon with looker and yeah the looker missions yeah what if you know like we find him in uh ruby and or ultra shoot in omega ruby and alpha sapphire on the beach not remembering where he's from or who he is what if in the remake they have him get sucked in by giratina and then just disappears and then that's like the loop that could work, but I feel like they'd want to continue the way they have been, where this is this like... We're on that current timeline. Yeah, we're on that timeline because there'll be fairies in that one. Yeah. And, like, the fairy typing, fairy typing is, like... Fairy typing and mega evolution. 
are the they two. Were, yeah, like, they seem to be ones. what makes up the difference between the timelines. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, which means the Gen Five remakes will be cool hypothetically when we get those. Man, can you imagine that? Gen Five remakes, Pokemon Black and White, like remade. That's so weird to me. Just the idea of that. I would like to play Pokemon White remade. You just gotta finish playing the actual game itself. At yes, this point. I do. Um, so the one weird thing that I felt about the Cyrus fight was that he didn't have a Garantino, but I guess because of like the way his story works and like it, technically you only fight the Garantino in Platinum version. Mm-hmm. Like in the way, like the only time he's really associated with it is that. It seems like all of them were trying to. They all have the Pokemon they were trying to catch for their plans to succeed. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to catch Giratina for his plan to succeed. He wanted to chain up Palkia and Dialga. Well, also, his storyline, as I literally just said, is... Yeah, I know. I got sucked into the Dank Realms, and then I woke up here. Yeah, I know. I'm saying, like, this supports that as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Um, Lysander's fight... Um, Lysander's a jerk. Well, actually, I want to quick talk about the weird Meowth puzzle. Yeah, such a bad puzzle. Like, it was just not fun. It wasn't difficult. It was just, just boring tedious. and tedious, yeah. I had to do it twice, I agree. That's okay. Because your game restarted. I My forgot. game restarted, but I only lost the Meowth puzzle of progress as His well as the... game didn't restart. He just never saved and the battery died. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. Yeah, it is for you. Yeah, Lysander fight, pretty smooth. Um, he show up, he says, press one of the buttons, and if you press the wrong one, uh, you're going to kill everyone. You're going to so, blow up the whole So world. naturally, our character, instead of saying, mm, how about I just don't press one of the buttons and we fight, just, you get to go press a button. You, no matter which one you pick, he's like, aha, you messed up, but you have time. Uh, you could press that other button, and then it will stop it. And so naturally, instead of pressing the other button to stop it, our character decides now's the time to fight the bad man. <laughs> With the doomsday clock ticking. With the doomsday clock started. ticking, fight the ginger man who wants to kill the world. You know, like, Sanders a really bad supervillain. Like, oh yeah, he's absolutely the worst. Like, he could just start that device by himself. There wasn't a device. He just installed two buttons on a wall just to mess with you. Well, it's like that Pro ZD, um, Sung Woo Cho, uh, bit where he does the character Lysanderoth. Where it's like, from the beginning, he's like, If only the world was as beautiful as I. Like, that whole bit. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's... The reason he went with that character is because just like Lysander is just like a bad villain, and I know we're gonna get like if we ever have more than the three listeners we have right now, we are going to get some something from me saying that. But Lysander is probably the weakest villain in the entire thing. Like he's, he's a cool character. Like I love him as a character. His character design's good, but he is a terrible villain. He just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Oh no, a kid invaded my fortress and beat me. Quick, retreat, grab the bee suit and redeploy. <laughs> now I've got him in a bee suit. Like, I thought maybe you were going to fight the bees. No, no, he just mangoes a Gyarados. He didn't even need the suit for that. I mean, I am assuming that, like, the bees hold his, his Megastone, his Keystone or whatever. That's, that is too extra. That's something that I noticed. Like, so in X and Y, when they first introduced the Megastones... The game would always, like, zoom in on whatever the opponent's Megastone was. Yeah. I'm kind of disappointed that that didn't happen in this part. Well, nobody's Mega Evolved except for Giovanni's. And Lysander's. All of them had something. Like, I mean, the Primal ones... They didn't have Primal ones. No, they didn't have Primal Reversion. Oh, you're right. No. uh, Lysander, Giovanni... Cyrus didn't have one. Getsus didn't have one either. I guess so. Speaking of Getsus. Getsus was the next person we ran into. Uh, there's no the... puzzle for Getsus. You just kind of... No, there's the puzzle of do I throw my Pokeballs on the ground or at him? <laughs> that doesn't well, yeah. happen until after the fight, though. Yeah, you go in there, you yes. battle him, you beat him, and he's like, well... Uh... Well, no, let's let's be real. First you go downstairs, you talk to Lily, and you're like, okay, cool, the door's gone. We can go through my magic mirror into Wonderland. 
And then the big spooky man shows up. And he won't let Lily through. Yeah, okay, so... Getsus is probably one of the more terrifying characters. Like, he's probably one of the more terrifying villains just because of, like, his constant use of emotional manipulation and child abuse. It's probably not great. He also just straight up tries to kill you in Black and White 2. Like, straight up just tries to kill you. And in this game... He threatens Lily. He threatens to kill Lily. If you va- like, he grabs her arm. If you value your friend's life. Yeah, he grabs her arm. He puts his hand under his cloak, his other hand that's not grabbing her. Says, if you value your friend's life, does he have a gun? Does he have a knife? So yeah, Getsus is, uh, if you value Lily's life, like, throw down your Pokeballs, and you have the option of saying yes or no. I said no, and he's like, do you really not value her life? And then out of nowhere... This is the best part of this entire thing. Yeah, this is probably the best part. From out of nowhere, Colress comes in, tells Getsis how terrible and awful he is, and then just Getsis, like, turns around, Colress mm. teleports again. And he's like, why are you doing this, uh, Colress? And he's like, because you're a bad man and I don't like you. And then he... Has special gloves on that sends gets his straight back. up sends him to the shadow realm. He's not wrong. Like, yeah, I thought <laughs> I thought these guys were kidding when they first said that, and then it just happened. <laughs> well, like so, he's saying that he like sent them back to their prior dimension, mm-hmm. which looks like what has happened earlier. We we didn't really talk about it, but when Archie and Maxie like get ready to leave, they like disappear upon hitting a threshold of like the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like the it was being set up or like they were being confined, like some multiple multiple dimensional layering or something. And then Chorus just like I don't know, it's just like some anime stuff shows it's up. It's Chorus Invention number one thousand eleven. <laughs> it just straight up murders a guy. <laughs> I, like, my name's Chorus, I invented gun. <laughs> Yeah, but this is the four kids version of Pokemon, so they sent him to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> yeah, no, um... And then he says, I'm going to go and see if I can work out a way to return the whole castle back to normal. And then he just kind of goes off and does his own thing and leaves you to move forward to the final battle. You walk up, you see Giovanni, you see Lucy being just knocked out on the ground, and then... Giovanni says that he used the power of that Pokemon to... Likely not Ligo. Yeah, that Ultra Beast to put her to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that when she wakes up, she will be, like, uh... Mind-controlled. Which is kind of creepy on many levels. Yeah. Giovanni just straight-up, like, roofied Lusamine, and that's not cool. Also, uh, this is the room that previously housed all the Frozen Pokemon. And they're still there! All of those tanks are blood red while the castle is in rainbow rocket mode oh you cannot see the pokemon through them they're just red light coming out of them okay well once it goes back to normal after you beat giovanni spoiler you get to beat giovanni uh after you beat giovanni they go back to like clear glass and they're still in there yeah so how did the fight against giovanni go dragon dance tyranitar dragon dance dragon dance Dragon Dance. I think you're forgetting the part where instead of Dragon Dancing, you started using a bunch of Roto Boosts. Uh, it's basically a Dragon Dance. It's like cheating. It's like a Dragon Dance that boosts your defenses. Yeah, but by the time I hit plus six to speed and attack, it did not matter that I had defenses. <laughs> like, my fa- my defenses were plus six attack and, and speed. Tyranitar is going to literally one-shot everything. Like, nothing... I just crunched all the way through it. Um, on my fight, it was a little awkward because I killed everything on this team. And then Mewtwo showed up. Which I still don't know why, but was faster than my level 70 Kabutops with Swift Swim in the rain. Which I don't think is supposed to be how that works. But Do you know what Mewtwo Y speed is? Probably like 160 or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like 170. Because, like, it was crazy. Like, I did not count for that. And it, the rest, like, my team is pretty fragile, apart from a Toxapex, which just so happens to be weak to Mewtwo. So, my first run through was uh, 
pretty sketchy, especially because like I went in with my Gyarados Fancy because I didn't think it really matter. Base one hundred and forty speed only. Huh. I think that's still base one hundred and ninety four special attack. Yeah, oh I my think, god! I think one hundred forty still just beats out Kabutops. Um, or at least a little, like I think what what's my nature here? I think it's adamant. What survives a base hundred and ninety four special attack? Blissey. Nothing on my team. Yeah, you're probably right about the Blissey. Um, Chansey with an Eviolite. I even have a speed boosting nature, but. Yeah, like, the first time I went through, it was rough, but, like, the second, I tried it again, and I just had Gyarados Dragon Dance, like, twice, maybe three times, and it was good. I and cheated then... and used a level 100 Mimikyu and a level 100 Alolan Bach. Yeah, yeah, you cheated. <laughs> no one cares about your trials and tribulations. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I beat the main game the regular way. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. You know when you got that like altered necrozma to help out? Yeah. Yeah, regular. Um regular way. Yeah, and then um you wind up beating up Giovanni. And he kinda just like steps like out he, he just goes, like walks away. He just kinda walks away back into the wormhole. He does talk about how it was nostalgic for him to be defeated by a child like this. Mm-hmm. Which is why we were referencing back earlier where you said that there might not have been a kid in his world. Yeah, that's Which is right. why I think there was a kid in his world. No. I think that this Giovanni could have actually been this, one that lost. This Giovanni could just straight up be, it could be our regular... Yeah, our actual Giovanni. Giovanni. Yeah. Because, like... Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Like, his is the one that's, like... All the other ones are, like, dependent on some weird, like big events. Cataclysm, yeah. Yeah, but Giovanni is just that cold-cut businessman style, where like, you can't tell where he came from, because his agenda is pretty similar. But now he wants to too. rule the world. Well, no, he wants to rule all the worlds. Yeah. Everybody wants to rule the world. Sure. That's a song. I know, yeah. but I think you're... Your beat was a little off. Yeah, Brandon, I can't sing. I'm not a singer boy. I said, see a linger boy. (laughs) Man, if we get a soundboard, I just want like some skater boy lyrics on there. No, we're never getting a sound. I won't say never. (laughs) But um, yeah, the cool thing is after you like everything's gone back to normal. Caller uh, shows up again. Caller shows up again. You have your conversation with him. And then Giovanni, like, there's just, like, an aside bit where Giovanni's just, like, standing there, like, all right, this was fun. Let's do this again sometime. And then just walks into a wormhole and disappears. And it's like... Do we actually see him walk into a wormhole? We just see him walk off screen. That's true. He might still be in our dimension, which would lead awesomely into what we want, which is a Kanto sequel. That isn't no. Gen 2. Yeah, I mean, so I guess, do we want, like, we have a bit of time in here. So do we want to talk a little bit about, like, what our possible wants for a Gen 8, like, their next game to be? Uh, I'd rather actually spend the time talking about the implications of the ending of the Rainbow Rocket episode. For sure. All right, so, let's, let's go, Brandon. You seem to have a, an idea of where you want to go with this. Yeah, so Giovanni walks off. We don't know if he leaves. We don't know if he's actually originally from this universe or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been interesting to see Red show up. I really would have liked that. Um, I haven't gone to the battle tree yet, so it would be interesting if like Red and Blue comment on that when you talk to them. Like, hey, we heard old boss Giovanni was back in town. Not back in town, because they're... they're, they're tourists oh is it back in town <laughs> oh man um, i think honestly in pokemon regular sun and moon like the most excited i was for that game was legitimately seeing the updated red and blue like character designs just seeing them our age mm-hmm. it, yeah. it just felt pretty good to see so yeah we see him walk off which has implications for his future re- return um, maybe some machinations that have already been set in motion. Maybe he's playing like some background fiddles, if you know what I mean. Because I sure don't. Um, but like also, 
it's not like what he did to Lusamine didn't happen. Like, he still messed with her brain. Yeah. And nothing has been addressed with that. Well, my question is, like, where is the... Where are... Is Pokemon gonna go from here? Are they gonna go off of what Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon happened? Or are they gonna go off of what happened in Sun and Moon? Because, like... Those are two very different Yeah, they're vastly different stories. Like, Mm -hmm. at the end, Lily takes... Of Sun and Moon... I think Lily still might go to Kanto in this one. She's not stated aloud. Like, she says she's going to go do some stuff. Yeah. But afterwards, she says she's going to start her own island challenge. Yeah. Yeah. She hopes he'll be there to support her. Yeah. Faba's been demoted. Lusamine was never evil. Because we find out that Faba was the one who, like, let them into the dimension. Mm -hmm. Or at least, this is why I think it's possibly um, the same Giovanni from our, like, timeline. Like our original red, blue, yellow timeline? Yeah, that like he leaked the information to Giovanni. Hmm. Um, or like, it's like, I feel like Giovanni would have the infrastructure to really like contact other crime lords in a sense, but I feel like Faba might be a little too far out of his realm to like have that big of a network. It wouldn't surprise me if Faba has networked to one or two of them, but not everyone. I mean, what's really kind of interesting is if we just continue talking about um, how all these characters are connected, uh, we find out in Pokemon Platinum that uh, Sharon, C-H-E-R-E-N, Charen, mm-hmm. the, the old man scientist from that game, was actually one of the scientists who worked at Silphco, um, and was the guy who created Porygon 2, if I remember correctly discovered rotom and is the guy who later on made the porygon z upgrade um but that when team rocket came in he was one of the scientists who turned on his own company to help team rocket out so like that kind of shady business deals with like scientists and people who are like not at the top of their field has happened with giovanni before I can see that sort of thing happening again. Yeah. So, um, kind of back to what I was saying, though. Like, we're setting up for definitely, like, consequences far down the road that we might not know the nature of right now. Like, we still have Lusamine, who might be, like, the equivalent of a sleeper agent. Like, to follow some agenda set up in advance. For sure. Um, We have the unknown agent, like, that is Giovanni acting without any, like, supervision. Um, and so if this is like the timeline or like the game that they choose to stick with as like the, like the canon, I guess, I'm definitely looking forward to like post games and future like games. Omega Ruby's Alpha, uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire forward, they've been doing a decent job, uh, of making the post game like matter. Yeah, but now, like, what story. if, like, every future post-game is all linked to this one, like, overarching plot? Maybe. That's an interesting idea, and I like that. Um, it matters, I honestly think it really matters what kind of game we get next. Like, I mean, if the rumors are correct, and we get a game set in Pokemon Italy, mm-hmm. I could see the Rainbow Rocket stuff having a lot of relevance. Honestly, I would like to see... Some sort of crazy, like, twin sort of thing where the Rainbow Rocket Giovanni comes in and then regular Giovanni is there. Or it would be interesting to see if, like, the the Team Rocket we know is actually a splint, is actually like a splinter group of a larger, like, more established crime syndicate. Like, maybe Giovanni ran away from Boss Mom with a bunch of her agents and started his own Team Rocket. Or just, like, was part of the original, like, the original arm that branched out into different places. Yeah. Because the interesting thing is, we have confirmation from an NPC somewhere in this game, and I do apologize for not having, like, receipts on this, but there's somebody who mentioned that, like, Team Rocket had a small role in the Alola region at one point. Like, not a, like they didn't have a big reach, but they had, like, minor reach in there. And um, we know that there was not only the one guy who, like, moved away to Unova to uh get married and have kids and stuff like that but that there was a small like team rocket contingency and you know that at one point and we obviously know johto existed and kanto existed so like 
Team Rocket is probably one of the more well-established worldwide crime syndicates. Right. Well, the thing is, the other ones aren't really worldwide crime syndicates, right? Like Giovanni's are the only one that's really like an actual like like they're the yakuza, they're the the Italian mafia, like that's like what they are. Whereas the rest of these have almost been more like cults, like cults or regional. Right. Like Lysander was like an elitist group of people who were like. Hey, you're super rich, so you can live in my world of beautiful the people. Bourgeoisie. Yeah, well, more or less. Um, and then you have uh, Maxi and Archie being like insane Greenpeace type people. Well, but... I, I do not think Archie was wrong. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then you have the. The actual cult. The actual was cult. Team Plasma. Yeah, team. No, team. You're thinking Team Galactic. I am thinking Team Galactic. Yeah, Team Galactic was like an actual cult and kind of terrifying. Like, legitimately. Like, I really want to revisit Sinnoh at some time in the future and have it done right. Because I will say, like, they had a lot of hiccups with the Sinnoh region when they made it. But, man, moving forward, they could do a lot of cool stuff with that. And then. I mean, what else is left? Plasma. You have Plasma was kind beast. of also still. Well, you have sort of PETA, but they're also kind of cultish in a way. It was Plasma was a very complicated group of people. It was PETA with attack dogs. Kind of. Yeah, it was interesting. Which leads us into not really an evil team in Sun and Moon. The team skull was there, yes, but they're not really like the major no, villains and they were, of the plot. They really you weren't kidding me. They're just a group of punk kids who kind of get a bad rap. They stole all those stickers. Yeah, that's a crime. Look, it might not be technically illegal, but they are stepping on the toes of some very important social contracts. Yeah, but it's fine. I found all the stickers and returned them to their rightful owner. Professor Samson Oak. I don't think that he has a claim to those stickers either. <laughs> like, I like to imagine he's got, like, a little sticker book. And he's just like, oh, you brought me more stickers, did you? Here, have this totem Pokemon I totally didn't steal. It would not surprise me if those, like, there's actually, like, just no one forgot to mention your character. It's like, redeem these for, like, a billion dollars or something. And then Professor Samson Oak's like, hey, kid, want to know what those totem stickers are really for? I caught And seeing as he's a Pokemon professor, he gets access to Master Balls. So yeah, he's, he's just ca- catching them. He gives them to you, and they're all in Pokeballs, which means he spent, like, 200 Poke Dollars each on these totem Pokemon, and he's getting these stickers. And if he Those stickers turn- might be made of real gold. Yeah. I'm saying so, that we're probably getting swindled. Yeah, we probably are. Oh, right. Speaking of money, how did you guys spend your 1.1 million Poké Dollars for finishing the Rainbow Rocket stuff? Uh, I'm still sitting on the Aether Foundation deck after having completed that story. I've been busy. Brandon is also still sitting on deck. I bought a bunch of clothes. I bet you did. You're you. Uh, I'm just going to hold on to the big nugs for a while. It's gonna have a jingle in my pocket. <laughs> Speaking of people who also watch this podcast, they're making, big nugs. Making people know that I'm a real player. I tried to crack my knuckles but failed because I am clearly not. One or both of you is playing as a male character. How expensive is the male characters? Uh... I think they're the same. Are they the same? Yeah. They're both. They're incredibly pricey. Oh, are we talking about their like cool outfit that's based off of a Pokemon? Yeah, because I bought the Lorantis headband and it was seven hundred thousand Poké dollars. Yeah, the it's a Kamoa. The it's a Kamoa one, and it's like this weird, like, male underwear thing, and then just like it just looks dumb. See, the girl one is super cute. You get this cute little pink headband, this nice little pink like belly shirt that like shows your belly button and stuff. You get these cute shorts, and you get these adorable shoes. And you walk around, and you look all cute, and it's great. Yeah, no, I don't know. Man, uh, I need to build a fairy team to go with that outfit. Yeah, Rantis is a grass type. I don't care, the outfit's pink. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so, I suppose one last thing to talk about this episode is I wanted to just go over everyone's endgame team. Uh, they've beat rainbow rocket um travis you can do what your team was before you switch i off. will like what their levels are um do you want to 
grab your system. So I feel like that's a good top off to the end of the playthrough. Talk about what was on your team, what underperformed, what overperformed. Jake can just gush over his girk. Um, why don't you start us off, Jake? And tell us what your team was right after you beat Rainbow Rocket. I've got 11, level 74 Glycopod, uh, level 73 Alolan uh, Muck, and I could go on and on about Gurk. I could go on and on about Gurk. In fact, those of you who listen know I could go on and on about Gurk, but I will not. I'll, I'll let Gurk speak for himself. Uh, he can't speak. He's a, he's a Muck. Uh, I got a level 72 Jellicent, uh, level 72... Venusaur, a level 72 Tyranitar, and a level 72 Umbreon. Um, anything on your team that you felt was like just carried you apart from your muck, or anything that you think was a little other than muck, Tyranitar carried me because it's a Tyranitar. Um, and Umbreon, let's be honest here, I force it onto every single team I play because it's my favorite Pokemon. But it is not a really good Pokemon for the main playthrough of a game because it just does not power through much. All right, uh, what was your team, Travis? So the team that I had before I fought Rainbow Rocket consisted of a level 61 Gengar, a level 61 Decidueye, a level 61 Mimikyu, a level 61 Alolan Marowak, a level 55 Jellicent, and a level 69 necrozma <laughs> bat form nice um is, perhaps you think that that might be the reason why you're getting one shot where you were 10 levels below what we were when we went in no i feel like you guys might have gained a lot of those levels that's during... why i said 10 not like 15 i like, feel like you guys might have gained those levels doing the rainbow rocket stuff not really i, I, I didn't, really I didn't gain more than two levels yeah on each Pokemon at most. Like, and I was having some difficulty with some of these battles. Like, they were really high level, so. Huh. Yeah, no, I wasn't, like, skipping trainers. I just never stopped to grind on wild Pokemon. I never did either, but. Um, yeah. Anything yeah. You, on your team you felt over or underperformed? Uh, Memikyu and Gengar did a lot of work, and once I finally got it, Necrozma was too strong. Uh, throughout the playthrough, though, Jellicent and Marowak were pretty weak. Marowak was because I forgot to go and get it Shadowbone, because Game Freak hates fun and wouldn't let me learn Shadowbone until the end of the game. And Jellicent, I just didn't get to get much use out of. It was too slow. Alright, um, my playthrough, I wound up finishing up with a level 68 Gyarados, a level 68 Tyranitar, uh, level 69 Lilligant, mm. uh, level 63 Pelipper, and a level 70 Kabutops, and a level 70 Toxapex. Um, Toxapex is pretty good. I really like playing with it. Just kind of stalled it out. Like, it wasn't necessarily the best or most innately fun, but it was a really good, like, anchor for the team. Um, as far as, like, overperforming, I'd say, like, Gyarados and Kabutops. Any game where I can get him, I usually do. Um, I always try and get a Magikarp super early, just because Dragon Dance Gyarados will just carry you through most things. I was going to make a joke about Delmize being the anchor of your team, but you didn't have a Delmize. Yeah. You should have had a Delmize so I could have made the anchor joke, Brandon. What the I heck? considered getting a Delmize. Yeah, I still don't agree with it being its types, what they are. It's a Grass Ghost type that it also is super effective with Steel-type moves because of its ability and... I don't know. Um, yeah. And as far as underperforming went, kind of Lilligant. Like, the move pool Lilligant has is really rather weak. Um, I just basically just ran Quiver Dance, Petal Dance. Can't go wrong. And sometimes it'd be really good. Like, if I was facing against Pokemon, like, that my rest of my team really couldn't handle. The only thing I really regret about my team is that because I was running Kabutops in this game, you can only get it in a Pokeball. And so I like all my other Pokemon that I caught throughout the entire game uh, were in Dive Balls. Uh, I also did a ball theme. Uh, I have all of my Pokemon in Premier Balls, which just look nice. Did you, uh... Dusk Balls. I caught everything in a Dusk Ball that I could. Uh, I did catch Necrozma, though, in a Luxury Ball. Because I felt that the balls color scheme matched Necrozma's. 
eh. Yeah. I, I overall I had pretty a lot of fun with my team. Um, I had it like kind of half rain based, which is nice because you get access to Pelipper so early. Uh, like Wingle, I guess, and then just evolve into a Drizzle Pelipper. So, what are your plans moving forward with these games? Um, personally, I'm just going to kind of keep trying to get a play pool that isn't um and just set up and just like get some bgc pokemon and i'm looking to really try and like get my foot in the door on that scene yeah uh, i'm on the same boat with you um i honestly i'd like a poipo that isn't but i don't really like the shiny noggin doll as much so i might not care that much though i'm gonna need both like one of each so I'm either going to have to restart this game and play through and get a second one and have it in my living decks or get Ultra Sun, which is most likely what I'll end up doing is picking up Ultra Sun so I can note any differences in there. But I don't know. I'll have to figure out a theme for doing that playthrough. I think I'll do a monotype playthrough for that game. I recommend not using Ghost Type. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend go trying Poison. Fairy. Uh, I'll probably go Poison in all honesty. That's a good option. Because then I can go Muck uh venusaur gengar so you're going to play the same game you just did no i'm only gonna play two of the same pokemon travis you're gonna play a lowland muck and that's your whole team so anyways hey uh why don't you guys got to be less on the nose about things i'll run quillfish how about that what like quillfish marini no no i don't want more than one water poison type so i'll probably just run marini i'll probably run tentacruel run tentacruel and marini and Quillfish. Just water and then, poison. No, water and then instead poison. of Gengar, Brutroot, and... Gurk. Gurk, um, just run, like, other water Pokemon. Mmm, I see what you're saying there. Um, how about no? But, uh, I guess you just want to be wrong? Yeah, well, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think I'd only want to do, uh... Like, I'd want to do only dual-type, poison-type Pokemon, and then only different-type dual-types. So I'd probably go with... One of the water poison types that we just mentioned there, most likely Tentacruel or um, Toxapex, and then pick up the Salazzle as well. So I'd have like a fire, water, grass core. Mm-hmm. Then on the Alolan Muck, um, probably a Crobat, and then, I don't know. You can pick up a Poiple by the end. Maybe, but isn't Naganadel like really difficult to raise what do you mean isn't it like a lot of levels i don't actually know how point evolves in naganado uh you level it up with knowing dragon pulse oh okay yeah so it's pretty simple okay uh, as for my plans for the end of the game i still got to finish my alolan living decks i'll help and i also have to acquire all of the cute outfits i can't help I've also been having a lot of fun playing around with the Ultra Wormholes. Just doing shiny hunts? Uh, just doing Lugia hunts. I have found more Barbaricals than I should have, and fewer Lugias than I feel exist. Yeah. I want to start doing Ultra Wormhole stuff as well. Um, I want to visit all the uh, UB lands, uh, specifically uh, Zerkatrees. Uh, I think it's called the Ultra. I don't remember what it's called actually. No, I don't know. The first first one I wound up actually dropping into was Zerkatry. Oh really? Yep, I just left. <laughs> really? Yeah, I didn't that's... want a Zerkatry. Yeah, that's what. Zerkatry is the coolest of the like UBs. I've also been just leaving if I accidentally fall into a Zerkatry wormhole. You can go back to yeah, I know all the UB wormholes except for Guzzlords for whatever reason. Nope, you can also go back to Guzzlord. Okay. You can get more Guzzlords? I've been there four times. Huh. Have you caught four Guzzlords? I've caught a Guzzlord. And there's more Guzzlords when there's you go back? There's more Guzzlords. It's just the rarest Ultra Beast Wormhole. Really? Because I've heard that it's, like, really difficult. That it's only once? Nope. People are wrong. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. The internet is usually wrong about stuff. Unfortunately slash fortunately, we are on the internet. Don't trust anything we say. Yeah. Trust only your heart. And you can't trust what he's saying right now because he's saying it. Which so. means you can trust everything we've ever said. Well, but can you then? Okay, I'm, I'll, how about this podcast, listeners? I'll do an interpretive dance 
Okay, give me a second. Oh, he's doing such a good dance right now. Travis, do you see this dance? It is fabulous. This is the danciest dance I ever did see. Like, Jesus H. Barnum and Bailey. This is a dance like like a gosh dang shooting star met a 1920s flapper and they fell in love and made a baby and it's this dance. Whew. Now you can trust that dance. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yep. Solid dance. Is that what a dragon dance looks like? Uh, you know, I'd like to think that I'm not too far off. Good. I don't know. I was getting more of a pedal dance vibe from it. A lunar dance, maybe. Who knows? What Who about knows? a quiver dance? <laughs> I did actually have a bow and arrow quiver on me at the time, so maybe. That explains all of the that, that burning smell from all the flaming arrows that you shot in no, my that, apartment. I think that burning smell was him trying to do a teeter dance. Why would it have burn? It's conf- It confuses. Is that what you just did? Did you just teeter dance me? Is that what this is right now? 420 blaze it yellow swag no <laughs> with uh, all that said <laughs> and danced with all said danced and felt and sent across the universe uh this has been lake of rage radio i'm so sorry for my co-hosts i'm not i had fun <laughs> <laughs>